What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the 48th edition of your favorite audio orgasm, the Hostile Environment Podcast. I hope you guys are in fantastic health and great spirits and all that good stuff. But speaking of spirits, holy shit, I hope you have been keeping yourselves hydrated with some kind of ice-cold alcoholic beverages because, my lord, this past week has been hotter than hell and, no word of a lie, just simply fantastic. Uh, Friday, myself, when I got home from work, um, the AC where I work isn't so great, so I ended up sweating quite a bit. So as soon as I got home, I hopped right in the shower, and then I headed out and I ran a few quick errands before I uh, had to come home on Friday night and uh, mow the lawn, the front and the bar, the back, because we were having company on Saturday, so you know we wanted the, the house to look nice. Well, holy shit, did I ever need another shower when I was done that? Because I was literally sweating my bag off. I was, it was bad. I mean, I was pouring sweat. Now, I'm not, I'm not complaining. Just to be clear, I'm not complaining about the heat. I'm simply just telling you guys this because. If I wasn't properly hydrated with some ice ice cold beer, then I may not be here podcasting for you today. So, once again, it, it, it's proven that beer saved my life. So, thank you to beer. Thank you. All right, moving on. Uh, we are two episodes away from the big 50th episode show where my man Derek, who is, you know, known far and wide, he's the man, he's the myth, he's the legend, he's Derek, he will join me for, I don't know, let's say a story of uh, love and inspiration, you know, from our past that uh, we're going to bring forward to entertain all of you guys, so... Actually, who, who am I kidding? Uh, we are probably going to uh, talk a lot of shit, uh, do a massive amount of cursing, have a bunch of adult beverages, and tell you a truly unbelievable story from our past that will most definitely not paint us in the greatest light, but it is a part of our past. It happened, and this story must be told, and what better way than to have the two guys who were there bouncing the story off each other and um, giving you guys God knows how long entertainment because I have no long, no idea how long this podcast is going to go, but just that's a heads up now. So you might have to listen to that episode in two parts. I don't know. It depends on uh, what happens. Who knows? Uh, for those of you who do follow me on social media, thank you. Um, and if you do, you would have also seen that uh, last week, so uh, obviously Friday, uh, I did something that I normally do not do, which is I did share something from my personal life that was basically me just putting out a video I made of my wife and I to celebrate our 16th wedding anniversary. We got married on August 13th, 2005, and I know that because it's inscribed in my ring, so I can never forget it. I'm actually pretty good with dates, so I would never forget that shit. She actually forgot our anniversary a couple years ago, and she'll never live that down. Anyways, moving on. Um... Anyways, we, we've been together, um, well, so we'd been together for six years previous to getting married. So in total, give or take 23 years together, which is, you know, pretty incredible, especially in this day and age where, you know, people are just hooking up and, and bouncing and disappearing and lots of divorces and separations and all that stuff. So um, I'm, I'm actually pretty proud of what we're accomplishing. And uh, I think she is too. Um, I would have to actually have her on the podcast to verify that, but I guess she still wouldn't be here if she wasn't. Um, has our entire time been 
you know, all um, rainbows, unicorns, and lollipops? No, I'd, I'd be lying if I said yes. Um, you know, just like any other couple, we've struggled. We've actually struggled more than a lot of other couples, I would imagine, because of all the shit that I've we've been through together. Um, uh, but, you know, but together, we, we overcame all of it. And uh, we became stronger because of it. I'm, and that's the, that's the goal of being together, I think, is doing things together and seeing if you can overcome them together. And when you do, you guys have, have just put another notch in your belt as far as, like, stronger together. I mean, it's just a theory, but, I mean, I, I've seen it firsthand. And it, it does bring you together. And when you overcome it and you can take a breath of fresh air and you know that you've defeated whatever came into your, your, your way, whatever, you know, shit storm happened... It's it's a great feeling. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not wishing you guys to have any of that experience, but that happened to me. So I speak firsthand. Uh, one thing that I can say that it did take me uh, a while to learn, but eventually did hit me like a fucking piano falling on my head. And that was, if this marriage fails, then it's going to be because of me and something that I did. It's a sad reality. It's true. Um, you know, trust me, this is the way it is. I... I mean, yes, we argue like any other couple. Everyone argues. We get that. If you don't argue, then you're not normal. Um, of course, we get in each other's nerves. Uh, that happens to every couple as well. I mean, sometimes you just need some space. You need to take a breath of, of, of air that's not in the vicinity of your partner. That absolutely, you know, it's normal. But if something were to happen that was serious enough to actually, like, drive a wedge in between us and split us apart, it most definitely would have been because of something that I did. So for a guy like me who, among other things, and I'm sure those of you who know me could name a bunch of other traits, but um, I'm very impulsive, I'm extremely quick-tempered, and I make important life decisions without consulting everybody, anybody, actually. So when you have a wife, that's not a good thing. Hence, you know, the BMW, for instance, right? Um, so if you listen to that episode, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it's 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 harder than you think for me not to fuck up a great marriage. You know, like I'm... Um, I am what I am. So love me or hate me or, you know, just kind of like me, whatever the case is, you pretty much know who I am and you get what you get. And so I don't know, man, uh, it is what it is, but Hey, 16 years and we're fucking happy. So maybe I'm doing something right and I'm just not giving myself enough credit or maybe she's just way better than I'm giving her credit for. I don't know. Anyways, with that being said, I do love her with all my heart and she's provided me with a amazing, amazing family that I would literally murder a small village in a third world country for. So um, all I have to do now is, is, you know, to keep doing what I'm doing, not be a complete fucking asshole. That is my struggle, but that's what I got to keep doing, and that's what I am doing. So there we go. I mean, you know, when I sorry, when I when I say struggle, um, let's go like even this very podcast that you're listening to right now does come up in dis- in discussions because. My wife is terrified that I'm going to say the wrong thing or, or, or it's going to be taken out of context or whatever the case is. And somehow it will either affect my job or, God forbid, her job because we've all seen what can happen to people for offending the wrong person. And the next thing you know, you're going viral for all the wrong reasons, unless that's what you're going for, which some people do that shit too. But in my part, it would be for the wrong reason. And let's be totally honest here, guys. I mean, I talk a lot of shit. And I tiptoe across some very fine lines here and there sometimes. I mean, I work extremely hard not to offend anybody on purpose. 
I, I don't want any kind of bigotry or racism or sexism and any other ism that you can name. I don't want that in my show. But I also speak my mind, and who knows, maybe I've already inadvertently offended somebody. I don't know. Maybe I've already lost listeners because of some of the shit that I've said. I don't want to believe that, but it could definitely be the case. If not, there's definitely a lot of time for that to do that in the future because we're only on 50 episodes coming up. So who knows how long this thing's going to go, but eventually I'm going to cross that line. I'm just, you know, I'm just bringing it to you now. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a shot in the dark. Um, so basically a little sneak peek behind the curtain. Um, after every episode that I record, obviously I have to listen to the episode in its entirety before I submit it for download. Um, and then there have been times where, I've had to erase some material and re-record. So basically take a whole section of what I recorded already, uh, cut it out, splice in some new content. So basically the same con- uh, the same context, just different wording or, or whatever the case is. That has happened. Um, you know, I-, I thought maybe I'd push the boundary just a bit too far. And unfortunately, that's somewhat depressing because anyone who knows me knows that I have never, ever, ever held anything back, and basically, if you knew me and you were fed by something that I said, sure, I would apologize if I, I if I knew that I'd gone too far, I'd gone way over the line, and I, I'd really hurt somebody, I would apologize, but for the most part, um, it was just, you know, too bad, grow a set, boo-hoo, and if you don't want to hear what I have to say, then, you know, fuck off sort of situation, right? But with this platform I'm on now... I've had to adjust my way of thinking and tone it down because, let's be honest, if I get kicked off the podcast network because I was just a massive douchebag, then I think I'd be a little ashamed of myself. So, uh, back to my original point is my opinion, in my opinion, I have to put out, uh, I've already put out, sorry, 48 shows and I haven't been splashed all over the internet for going too far, so... Hopefully my wife can just kind of relax and understand that I'm very aware of how far I can go without causing an international incident and getting anyone from my family in a bad situation because of this podcast. Um, and, the la- and the last thing I'm trying to do is accomplish something like that. I don't want to check that off my bucket list. So I'm really trying to walk a straight line. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to provide you guys with funny shit. But um, although I, I, I could say a bunch of shit about the topics that I talk about, I don't push it too far because I just, I can't take that chance of, of, fucking getting quote end quote canceled so there you go enough of that um i mentioned earlier that friday night um that i had to run some errands before i almost died mowing my lawn and one of those errands was for gas and a car wash because it was a beautiful friday night um you know car was kind of filthy and kind of low on petrol and i'm one of those cheap bastards that has to go around and surf um for the lowest prices because that's just kind of my wheelhouse but um but I do that because can you believe the price of gas? Like, holy fuck, man. It's not going down anyway. It's like, it's been steady at like a buck 37 to a buck 40 for at least the last five, six months, maybe a little bit less, but not far from that. Um, it costs me $80 to fill my gas tank. Uh, now, that's only because, well, when I drove the Ford Escape, it was like, I don't know, 65 bucks. So I would say right now, probably about 70 um, but the BMW, depending how low I am, I'm looking at 80 bucks automatically for just pulling in because I'm buying the premium gas, not the, the super gas and not the cheap gas, but the one in the middle. 
But the thing about filling up my tank is I have to wait for my wife not to be with me while I fill up the gas tank or get gas, period, because she stares at the pump and she looks at the, you know, for a tank of gas, and then I get to hear beautiful things like, I told you gas would be more expensive because of this is a BMW or, you know, something along those lines, but very similar and just as sarcastic, all because I bought this car without consulting her, so I've got to live with that, but that is exactly what I was speaking of earlier when I said that if anyone was going to fuck up this marriage, it would definitely be me and something that I did, because like I said, the BMW was a big, big big mistake and I will never do that again uh, lately sometimes like even when we went on our trip uh, to uh, Whitewater after just recently you know we, we went we made it all the way to it was borderline Quebec slash Ottawa we made it all the way there on a tank of gas like the Beamer's good on gas I'm not complaining about the gas mileage on it but it's just when you have to fill it up it's stupid expensive so sometimes I will purposely wait and have only like I will go right down to like 10 kilometers left before it's empty just so that I can get gas by myself to avoid hearing her bitch at me. But if I have no choice, like when I was on that trip and she's with me, then, and I've got to fill up, I have to do everything I can to, you know, no sell whatever she's saying. So when we got, when I got back in the car and it was like $93 for a tank of gas, you know, she said something along those lines of, oh, you get a BMW. You, you thought it'd be, oh, you'd be super cool, blah, blah, blah. And I just got to smile and nod like it doesn't bother me because even if she's right, I can never let her know she's right. I mean, I can never admit, I mean, so I, I admit that I made the mistake of buying the car without asking her. I totally get that. But I can never admit that I made a mistake revolving the gas or the, the, the fixing of the car or any of that stuff because it's already bad enough that she's got one of my testicles in her bag. But if I admit the other half too, now she's got both and I'm not getting my testicles back, you know, once I copped everything and just throw in the towel, so... It's a fight. It's a struggle, but I'm doing it. Um, you know, it, it it keeps the marriage spicy, right? Am I right? There you go. It, it does something. It keep, maybe this is why uh, the marriage is going so well because I keep doing stupid shit that keeps the marriage spicy. I don't know. That that's my theory. Who knows? Um, it was after I got gas. I had to hit the beer store, of course, which, as I've already mentioned, saved my life. Hours later, while I was mowing the lawn in that like 31 degree heat at six o'clock at night on a Friday, which was insane, but beautiful, not complaining. Um, you know, so while, while I'm in uh, line at the beer store and I'm waiting to pay for my, my beer, uh, behind me, I see this guy, he's kind of wavering back and forth and I kind of got a faint smell of booze off him. So I turn around and I started observing him and then I figured out pretty quickly that the guy was absolutely fucking hammered. It was like, five o'clock maybe 5 30 latest on a friday night and this dude is completely trashed and i only knew he was completely wasted because you know once i started observing him um we're sitting there and he taps me on the shoulder and i turn around he says hey man i fucking like your t-shirt he starts like slurring i happen to be wearing a monty python shirt for those of you older people who know what monty python the holy grail is eh, that's just my style anyways um so i turn around i go oh um you know thanks man i appreciate that or you know whatever i'm just trying to blow him off and then of course he, i made eye contact which was the huge mistake in this fucking scenario he immediately followed that up with you know i hate wearing these fucking masks but at least now the beer store people can't smell my breath and know that i'm wasted and cut me off and I just nodded my head, and I, I like obviously couldn't see that I was smiling because I was wearing a mask too. But I smiled under my mask, and I'm like, "All right, well, fuck, I can't get out of this line fast enough." Uh, 
So uh, I paid, and as I'm walking out the door, I had to stop and just do my own little social experiment to see if the dude was right because, I mean, the guy was trashed. And, you know, the people at the beer store, if they think you're trashed, they're supposed to cut you off and, you know, basically boot you out of the store because they don't want you driving around drunk or getting completely fucking pie-faced, and you know, especially in the middle of the afternoon, for God's sakes. So I'm sitting there, and, uh, you know, sure enough, I guess the cashier couldn't smell the booze off his breath, and ching, uh, ching, ching, bing, 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 now he's got his beer, and off he went on his merry way to enjoy the rest of his Friday night. So, if there are any anti-maskers out there who are listening, there you go. I just gave you another reason um, that you can argue with people and whine about being uncomfortable for 10 or 15 minutes. Now you've got another... Well, you know, uh, if you wear a mask, the people don't know when you're drunk. So I just gave you another fucking, another uh, bullet in your chamber of your uh, anti-gun. So there you go. Uh, let's do my social media plugs. Let's get those out of the way before I get into the main event of the show today. So here we go on Patreon, where no one has bought me a coffee, no one has bought me a beer. So thank you very much for forgetting about me. I am the Hostile Environment Podcast. My email address where I got a crazy email just yesterday where I was actually going to try and work it into the show asking me about, uh, they want an in-depth answer about a few corrections things uh, from my corrections career. And this is the second time he's emailed me, so I'm kind of ducking his questions because I thought I answered them already in detail. But apparently I didn't because when I gave him the episodes and I said, you know, these are the episodes that I talked about, that kind of stuff, he he came back and said, I've already heard them and he he, he wants more. So um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do about that. I'm not sure if I can work that into a show. I don't know how much more you guys want to hear about me getting booted out of corrections. I think I've already covered everything like that. But um, this dude, and obviously you're listening, you know who you are. I mean, I guess you really, I mean, maybe I can just email you on the side. I don't know. Anyways, uh, let me think about that. It is j.hostile.environment at gmail.com. Dude, I will get back to you whether when I make a decision on what I'm going to do. Uh, on Twitter, I have 241 followers. I'm at podcast underscore hostile. You do realize that some people who open accounts within like 14 minutes uh, and they put like a picture, uh, their, their, their avatar, they put it up like Justin Trudeau or something like that. They get 241 followers in like within the hour so. I'm, uh, I'm not doing well. Um, I'm, I, I don't know what I'm doing. On TikTok, I am at the Hostile Environment Pod, where I have been putting out a couple of videos that aren't podcast related as of late that are getting quite a few views. So um, I, I guess I'm doing something right there, although I only have 11 followers, which, I mean, again, some people who just open up accounts and don't even have a real name, like um, TikTok people who have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 as their handle, they have 11 followers. So I'm um, not really sure what's going on there. On IG, I'm host.enviro.pod. And at Facebook, I am jcal, where I'm posting random pictures that need no explanation as of late and getting a lot of likes but no comments. So that is my social media. If you ever run into someone who says, hey, man, I'm looking for a good podcast to listen to. I've got a six-hour drive ahead of me. Do you listen to podcasts? You can say, hey, man, yeah, this guy, Jay, he does this show that's very family-friendly. Uh, you can listen to it over breakfast with your grandparents and your kids. Um, his name, uh, his podcast name is Hostile Environment, and you can find him on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and Stitcher. So remember, pass that along, and please feel free to go and rate me on the platforms that you're listening to because those ratings actually mean something at the end of the day. All right, so five-star rating if you love what I'm doing. A four-star rating if you think I'm good but I can get better. 
And if you want to give me anything three than less, then you know what? Just, just, just fuck it. Just don't even give me a rating. Just pass on it altogether. All right. Sound good? Deal. All right. Um, now, this episode that I'm going to do right now, this this story that I'm going to tell you right now, I was actually going to save for next episode because Derek was going to be on the show. But I decided to do it now because this has been somewhat of a slow news week and I was struggling to find content that I thought was really funny and good for you guys to listen to. So I figured I'd mix it up. So today I'm going to tell this story. Thursday, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm, I'm, I've got a few things going around, but uh, I want to do something that's very Derek orientated since you're about to hear Derek for the first time on the 50th show. So the name of this episode is called Banned from Three Places in One Day. Um, it involves all of the usual characters. It involves, of course, Derek. It involves Bird. It involves myself. And of course, it involves Tone. So uh, this was also going to be a Thursday Tone Tale, but I, like I said, I switched up the uh, We'll see. Anyways, um, so th- that's where we at. Uh, this is a, this was a pretty incredible day because I'm not sure if anyone in North America, and I'm talking not Canada, not America, all of North America, hell, maybe the fucking world. I, let, let's even bring it to a bigger spectrum. I'm not sure that anyone can lay claim to being physically escorted off the property and banned for life from three places in a matter of let's say, give or take five hours. We'll go five hours. It was a Friday afternoon. It was 1999. And I know it was 1999 because uh, my daughter was born. So um, it was 1999. Um, Derek and I were at school. Uh, Tone and Bird came to pick us up. Oh, no, sorry. No, no, we weren't at school. What the hell was I saying? There's no way we were at school. It was Derek. Tone and Bird came to pick up Derek and I. Sorry. Um, And uh, by pick us up, I mean, basically, they showed up wherever the hell we were at lunchtime. Um, I I don't remember where the fuck we were. I could have sworn it was school, but it couldn't have been. Anyways, they showed up wherever we were at lunchtime. And uh, they basically talked us into, you know, cutting the rest of the day off and, and just doing whatever, just hanging out with them for the rest of the day and heading downtown to cause trouble, which is basically all we ever did. We just fucking did shit just for the hell of it. So we started drinking, I want to say around one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we jumped on the subway and we continued to drink all the way downtown on the subway. By the time we got to our last stop, because in Toronto, you have to get on two different trains to get downtown. So by the time we switched to the second train, got to our last stop, uh, we were pretty cut, man. We had a nice buzz going for sure. Uh, we had, we never had a plan as usual. We just kind of flew by the seat of our pants. So, um, we just basically get off the subway and just start walking downtown. Um, so there we are. We're taking a we're, we're you know we're we're taking our walk. We're doing our thing. Um, we walked out of Union Station and we're heading towards the Sky Dome. Um, you know, none of us had any booze left. We didn't have a ticket to a game or anything like that. We basically just decided to get off at Union Station and we were going to work our way back toward. We're going to work our way east, coming home. And um, so we get out of the out of the Union Station Skywalk thing there and. Now we're outside and we're staring at the Sky Dome and the CN Tower and we've got no booze left. And there's literally, there's no liquor stores or beer stores anywhere around that area. So, you know, we basically got out and we're like, all right, now, now what do we do? Like, you know, like we've, you know, we're not done drinking, but how do we keep drinking sort of thing? Uh, and it must've been meant to be because it was like, uh, the heavens opened up and, uh, you know, a single beam of light shone down into the distance because I saw a sign from a distance and it just happened to be a big giant train that's like 30 feet in the air and I knew what the train was I knew it was the train logo for the steam whistle brewery 
and I took a shot in the dark and I was like, Hey man, let's just go that way and let's check the brewery out, man. Maybe we got, maybe we can buy beer there. Um, so we, we get to the fucking brewery, we open the doors, we walk in. It's just me and tone. It's just me and, uh, me and tone. Derek and bird didn't want to go with us. They didn't think there was any point. So they actually went on an alcohol run. So they were going towards the liquor store, or beer store. Like I said, there was nowhere around. So it was quite a jaunt and they took off. So it was just me and tone. So we walked into the doors of the brewery. And uh, they were like, uh, yeah, no, you can't buy beer here. We're not a, a, a beer store or anything like that. But you could pay, and it was like eight bucks or something like that, eight to ten bucks. You could take the Steam Whistle Brewery tour that happens like every 20 minutes where they'll pick you up from the their little um, uh, cafeteria sort of thing. Uh, they'll take you on a little tour of the brewery. Um, they'll give you, uh, you know, they'll tell you about the history of the, of the brewery and, 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 you know, you know, everything, how Steam Whistle was founded. And then they give you a collector's glass. And then at the end of the thing that are either at the end or the middle, they said, we also give you a free pint in that collector's cup. So you get to keep the cup and drink the beer. So I looked at Tony, he's like, yep, let's do it. So we slap our money down. We're, we're waiting in the little cafeteria area for the, the tour to get booted up. Right. Um, so I remember looking at Tone and, um, you know, okay, so the guy comes out and he goes, all right, guys, let's go, um, you know, grab your pints on the way in. So you get your glass filled up and we walk through the doors and we, you know, we start walking. And as we're walking, I just look over at Tone just to, you know, just for no reason whatsoever. And I just see Tone's face and I, I could see the wheels turning in his head that, you know, he was about to cause some shit. I, mean, I didn't know what he was going to do. Um, and I'm not going to say that I wasn't also maybe someone interested in joining him on this little trouble journey or whatever. But when you looked at Tone, you you kind of knew just by looking at him what was about to happen. Was it going to be a good day, uh, a weird day, or an insane day? So I would automatically, uh, I would come to the conclusions by looking at him. I looked at him that day and I was like, okay, he doesn't look like he's in one of his Captain Insano faces, but he he's definitely got something going. So, um, you know... So we get our tickets and we're walking through and uh, we get our free pint and we got our steam whistle collector's mug. And uh, so there we go. Uh, the tour asshole announced that, you know, uh, okay, well, our next stop is going to be, uh, we're going to go to the big beer vats and show you how the, the beer is made. And then after we're going to show you how it's bottled, da, 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 da. So he's going through all the fucking channels with us, right? So we walk in and sure enough, the big giant vats are there and he's talking about, you know, the yeast and the barley and the fermentation process of the beer and, you know, how the train is such a big part of the history of Steam Whistle, blah, blah, blah. So Tone and I were done our beers and uh, we're the only one done our beers, of course. Everyone else is, you know, sipping on them, me and Tone chug them. Um, so, you know, we needed more, obviously, like well, our one beer is not going to do shit. So it just so happens now that we finished our our, uh, our uh, little speech on how beer was made, and as we're walking through to another set of doors, now we're walking through the the room with the massive uh, conveyor belt where all the bottles are getting taken off the line, and they're getting the caps put on, and they're getting picked up by the, the machines and like the terminators of beer, and they're being put in beer cases. So I look at Tone, and I knew we were thinking the exact same thing at the exact same time, and as soon as the boring tour guide asso turned his back. Um, we grabbed as many bottles as we could and we jammed them in our pockets, right? So, uh, <laughs> buddy turns around and, uh, so, so the tour asshole, you know, sure enough, he's like, all right, let's continue the tour and da, da, da. So he, as soon as he turns around, Tone and I grab bottles and I got one on my back and two in my front and Tone does the same thing. And then we both grab an extra one to drink on the spot because I guess we thought we could pound one real quick before buddy turned around, right? 
the, the thing about steam whistle bottles is they aren't twist off. So, you know, you have to pop them off and obviously you're not walking around with a, a, a beer opener, but you are because we're smokers. We are walking around with lighters and you, obviously everyone knows how to pop a, a beer cup off with a lighter. <clears throat> so we did that. The problem was when you're really good at it and uh, popping the cap off the lighter, you know, you've done it a whole bunch, um, you know, or you popped off as many as we have. Um, it makes a pretty, it makes a pretty good, like, like it pops like really loud sometimes. So, uh, my, mine goes off, tone goes off. They both, the caps both go flying. So not only do you get the sound of the pop, but you also hear the sound of the beer caps hitting the ground, which anybody would, would not mistake anything else for, especially if you worked at a brewery, right? So, uh, sure enough, the tour guide stops, heard the pop, turns around. He sees me and tone drinking these stolen beers. And then I guess he also sees the, the beers that are jammed down our pockets in the front, right? So he stops the tour immediately, stops talking, and he yells, excuse me, what the hell do you think you guys are doing? And those aren't, you know, for you guys to drink. Those aren't free. Those aren't part of the tour. You know, put them down and take those beers out of your pockets. So I responded by saying something along the lines of, oh, sorry, man. You know, we didn't know. We thought they were free. We thought they were part of the tour, which is complete horseshit. There's no way he bought that or no way anyone else bought that. But it's all I had at the time. I knew he didn't buy it. So anyways, um, we put we took the beers out of our pockets. We put the we, we finished the beer obviously that we were drinking. We finished it and put it down. And um, you know he turns around, he starts walking again or starts the tour up again. And we walked for like maybe thirty seconds, and then I had realized that I still had a beer in my back pocket. So I took the beer out of my back pocket, and obviously Tone had one too because we did the exact same thing at the exact same time. And uh, sure enough, uh, you know this time we were smart about it when we went to pop the caps off. Tone did a giant, <coughs> so that you know we would cough and, and, and synchronize, so that when we popped the cap off, it'd be a giant cough, and nobody turned around. But what we didn't see was there was some fucking lady. You know, we're, we're just minding our own business. We're just having our beer, and this lady turn off. She buy, she busts us. She's sitting there and she's staring at us, and she's giving this really dirty look. And then next thing you know, of course, she takes a head like she's. She puts her head towards the tour guide, and now she's barreling through um, the rest of the tour. So we know what's going on. We know she's going to rat us out to the fucking asshole tour guide. Um, so we're drinking as fast as we can. We both knew what was going to happen. Uh, so we put the empty bottles on the ground. We chug them as fast as we can. We put the empty bottles on the ground. And when the guy turns around to bust us, uh, you know, there was nothing there. He, there was nothing in our hands. So he couldn't bust us. So the lady's look was like, I could have sworn they were drinking. I saw them drinking, but we had no beers in our hands, and I guess they didn't look on the ground for the bottles. So the tour just continued as as, as normal. So as we're walking, um, uh, so we're, we're, we keep walking, and Tone leads in and whispers to me that uh, we should head back. We should like duck out of the out of the tour and head back towards the bottling line and grab a few more beers for the road, and then jump back into the next tour that's coming through. So just basically bail on ours, drink for 10 or 15 minutes, wait for the next tour to come in, jump in with them, and then head out, which fucking seems like a great idea. So I was like, yeah, let's do it, man. So we just fucking ducked behind some fucking crates or whatever, and we fucking waited for the tour to disappear, and then we doubled back to um, to where the vatting and the, and the bottlings were. So we get there, we grab a few more beers. We chill behind this giant vat of beer, and there we are, you know, we're popping the caps off, we're drinking, we're smiling, we're laughing, this is a fucking great time, we're having a great time. And then I look over at Tone, and he's got his, he's not even listening to whatever I was saying, and he's staring at a giant, 
fucking vat that's across the way from where we are. And it's got a huge spout right at the bottom of it. And Tone just goes, yeah, man, I, I got a fucking drink out of that. And I was like, yep, me too. So he fucking fires over. I follow behind. Sure enough, he fucking turns the handle. Beer starts coming out. He puts his head underneath underneath the um, underneath the uh, the tap. The beer's pouring all over his face. He's drinking as fast as he can. I take my turn. Uh, we know I'm chugging as fast as I can. Obviously, beer's going in my face too. We're having a fucking great time. We're laughing more than we're actually drinking. We're just having a great time. Um, but the problem was that uh, the, all of the beer that we weren't drinking was also going directly on the floor. And now there's a massive fucking pond of beer forming around our feet going towards this drain, but it's quite a bit of beer that's coming out. So this went on for, give or take, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes max before another, or before a bunch of dudes in like steam whistle golf shirts came running towards us. So I guess maybe the jig was up. They figured out that we'd fucked off from the tour. We didn't even try and run when we saw them. We knew that we knew we weren't getting anywhere. We were laughing so fucking hard that, that there was no way we could have run anyway. So the guys grab us by the arms and they're they're escorting us through the, the the brewery, and we get to the front door and they asked us for our names and you know all the typical shit that comes with this sort of scenario. Uh, but we never walked with any identification on us because shit like this tended to happen to us a lot. So uh, for circumstances like when we were going downtown, we all knew. All right, don't walk with any ID because if shit goes bad, no one knows who you are and we can figure something out. Again, keep in mind, this is 1999, where it was a lot easier to do this shit than it would be now. Nowadays, none of this shit could you could get away with. Zero. So, um, 1999, all those years I'm doing all time, well, this is great shit. So, they ask us for our names, we blow them off, da da da. And, uh, of course, they do the old, you know, um, uh, you know, you're barred for life from here. Never come back. Uh, we know who you are. We'll recognize your face. If we see you in the brewery again, we're going to call the police, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. And they kicked us out. And off me and Derek, or sorry, off me and Tone went to meet up with Derek and Bird. And at this point, after all the beer we've been drinking, uh, we're even past buzz now. I'd say we're pretty close to absolutely shit-faced hammered, right? But we've also got, you know, these beautiful steam whistle collectible mugs, which they never took off us. And I actually had up until i think i still do have it actually it's a big giant fucking mug and i think i still have it so if i do have it i'll try and post a picture of it on social just to see if i, I got to go through some boxes and stuff but i think i still have it in the garage so as we we ended up meeting up with derek and bird you know pretty much immediately it was great timing we met them outside um they'd end up they walked all the way to the liquor store you know and grabbed some uh, some some beers and shit like that and whatever oh, bird didn't drink beer he was a rum guy so he grabbed rum so um, there, while they're at the liquor store, we're getting injected from the brewery, and we get up, we tell them what happened, da da da. They were nice enough to grab us some beer too. So we uh, we fucking walk about you know three four hundred yards. There's this big fountain in front of the uh, in front of the uh, the CN Tower and the Sky Dome. So we just sit down on the edge of the fountain. You know we're talking shit, we're smoking cigarettes, we're drinking beers, and then Bird, I don't know, we're suggested. He just kind of looked up and he's like, "Hey man, let's just let's go to the CN Tower. Let's go to the top." I've never been. And, you know, when you're drunk at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, pretty much anything that anybody suggests seems like a good idea. So we're like, yeah, man, let's fucking, let's go to the CN Tower. Let's do it. So we grab our beer and we stash it in the bushes. And, you know, we head into the most popular tourist attraction in the entire city. Now, personally, I haven't been to the CN Tower in, fuck, it's got to be 20, 25 years, somewhere in that neighborhood. I haven't been in forever. 
But the last time I was there, when my oldest was a kid, I remember it was like over $30 just to, you know, walk in the door and take the elevator to the top and whatever you do up there, because I think they got shit up there to do now. Um, but in 1999, it was only like five bucks, because once you got to the top, there was nothing to do up there. There was no laser tag in the bottom. There was no walking around the edge of the CN Tower on that goofy rope thing. There was none of this shit. It was a, you, you go up, you look out the windows, you take some pictures, you, you talk about, oh man, if you threw a penny out, you could fucking kill somebody or you know shit like that. But there was nothing to do. So it was like five bucks. So we all had five bucks. So up the elevator we went. Um, and once you get up there, I mean, I remember there was the restaurant was still there. So the restaurant was up there. But I think other than that, it was just basically uh, the observation windows that you could actually like I think they, they opened them and locked them at the end of the night, but they opened them and you could actually stick your head out a little bit and get some fresh air, but you could see straight down, but there was uh, a metal fencing that was all along all the windows. So even if you, you know, open one of those windows and you were there and you wanted to fucking kill yourself, if that's why you went to there, if, if that's what you went there to do, um, you couldn't have done it. There was no way. It was well, way too secured, right? So... Um, so there we are, uh, you know, we're, we're doing our thing. We're at the CN Tower. We're just being like very young, very obnoxious assholes, I'm sure. And of course, Derek Bird and I are just being regular guys, except probably loud and aggressive or I'm sorry, obnoxious or whatever, but we're looking out the window and we're just talking a lot of shit. And of course, as you know, we're sitting there, we hear all this like commotion, and then as we turn around, we see a large group of people, pretty much all of the people except for us, moving towards one area to go to congregate, you know, around, because um, the CN Tower is one giant circle. So they were going to the other part of the circle where we couldn't see what was going on. So we were like, oh, fuck. And like, it was Bird. I remember it was Bird because as soon as we turned around and we saw something was going on, Bird and me goes, oh, fuck, where's Tone? And so at that point, it was like, uh, we knew because Tone wasn't in our field of vision, whatever was going on, Tone was involved. And we fucking knew Tone was involved because Tone's always involved. So what has he done? Well, let's go find out. So we joined the crowd and we head towards the commotion. And sure enough, this fucking maniac had crawled out of the window and he's standing and he's jumping up and down on the safety fence. Uh, it's an it's actual fence, like, you know, like a fence that's around, you know, a fence like a baseball fence. Uh, it, it's a real fence. So, like, he's outside the window, and he's jumping up and down on the fence. So, if this fence gives way, he's going to plummet to his death. But you can't go over the fence. But if the fence breaks, then, yes, you're going to plummet to your fucking death. And there he is, jumping up and down on this fence with a can of beer in his hand, screaming, I'm cheating death. I'm cheating death. Well... I gotta say, there's there, there's a lot of things in life that you immediately know was a bad idea. This is right at the top of the list. We knew shit was gonna go bad real quick, um, but we never. We were all smart enough not to know to get not to get involved. So we stayed behind all these other people that were in awe of this fucking lunatic. And uh, you know, within God, not even a minute, uh, these glass doors open. And uh, all these fucking CN Tower security and CN Tower people in golf shirts. You'll notice there's a golf shirt theme going on. You know, kicked out of the Steam Whistle Brewery golf shirts. Now we're CN Tower security golf shirts. They used to be a big thing. So they come through the big glass doors. And Tone doesn't put up a fight or anything like that. You know, they're ordering to come back in. 
uh, this fucking complete psychopath. He's putting on a show, but he's done with the show. And he says, yeah, 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 no problem. So he comes in without causing any problems. And uh, so he comes in peacefully. And now he's being escorted through the crowd. And all these people are just mystified by what they've just seen. And they put him in the elevator. And the next thing you know, he disappears. So now the three of us are sitting there and, you know, everyone else is like, oh my God, oh my God, what, did you see that fucking guy? I think he was trying to kill himself. I don't know. And the three of us are just sitting there going, now what do we do? Like, do we try and save Tone? You know, do we try and bail him out of what's about to happen? Or do we just disappear and pretend like we don't know him and, and like just, you know, sell him down the river? For some reason, we chose option A. We were going to go try and tell, help Tone. We just didn't know how to do it. So we, I remember talking, we were, we were going to just find an employee and say like, that was our buddy. Um, you know, can you take us to him or what's the scenario or whatever. But before we could, um, the, the, all these other CN Tower people in golf shirts surrounded us. And I guess they knew that, that we were with Tone. We didn't have to really ask. They actually knew. And the next thing you know, you know, they were demanding that we come with them. So they took us into the security office. The doors opened to the fucking office. And there's Tone sitting in a chair. And he goes, hey, boys, are you, are you here to rescue me? Um <clears throat> Anyways, they, they were going to call the cops. Uh, Derek and I, uh, Bird was a coward. He's Like I told you guys before, the guy has no spine, so he wouldn't say shit. He stood like a pylon. Derek and I basically talked to the CN Tower security um, and, and said, you know, he, he wasn't trying to kill himself. He's just a fucking maniac. He's drunk. He's had a bad day. Shit like that. It didn't help that none of us had identification on us either, so I guess finding out who we were was going to be awfully difficult and da 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 and calling the police was going to be difficult and... I, that's basically what we played off of. Just like guys, it's going to be like fucking three hours. You know, you, you know, let's just, just let us go. We'll never come back. And eventually some dude in a fucking security jacket, then probably the head security dude goof. He just said, yeah, you know what? Just get the fuck out of here. I, I just don't want to see you guys ever again. So sure enough, we get, they throw us all in the elevator, um, take us downstairs, open the doors and just basically kick us all out. And then you get the, yeah, you can never ever come back here again. We don't know who you are, but we have security cameras. So if you do come back, we will fucking call the police and arrest you for trespassing. Da 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 da. da. So I, I knew they would remember Tone's face for sure without cameras, but us not so much. But anyway, it didn't matter. I wasn't going back to the Skin Tower anyway. So that was number two. And um, so now we're we're outside. We don't know what to do. We've already been banned from two places. So what do you do? Well, let's go back to the bushes and get our beer and figure out our plan. So now we back, grab our beer, go back to the fountain, and we're sitting there chatting. And for some reason, we decided, you know what, let's just head back to our area. I think, you know, we've already got two strikes on us. The third one might be bad, so let's head back. So um, as you're going home from Union Station or the Sky Dome or the Steam Whistle Brewery, um, obviously for those of you who aren't in Canada you or in, in Toronto, you wouldn't understand how this is. So I'm trying to paint a, a small picture for you. Basically, you walk through these giant doors and you walk over a bridge and then you walk through what's the kind of like a concourse of shops and restaurants and da da da. And um, it was actually called the Skywalk. It's actually shut down now. Most of it's fucking abandoned, but that's the way it used to be. So we're walking through and it's rush hour on a Friday night and we're completely fucking hammered and we're all hyped up and happy and da da da. So, of course, it seems like a great idea, right? Well, if you said yes, then you were dead wrong because um, immediately uh, when we walked into the concourse where all the stores and shit were, there were some big giant pylons that were set up. I guess there was a wet floor sign or whatever the case was. And his tone grab goes over and fucking just hoof one of these giant pylons and it goes shooting across the floor. Next thing you know, 
him and Bird grabbed a big orange cone each, and now they're having like a lightsaber sword fight in the middle of the concourse during rush hour. Derek and I are there cheering them on. You know, we're in front of a restaurant, so uh, I went over to the front gate where the people are eating, and I asked this one dude for his fries or can I have some of his beer and shit like that. We're just being absolute prick assholes. And then as we're trying to get to the actual subway to go home, there's two giant escalators that are going down onto the main floor where you grab the train. So, of course, we're trying to slide down the railings, but we're too drunk and we're falling down and we're making a mess and people are sick and tired of hearing us and stuff. And as we get up, uh, you look down at the very bottom of the escalator and there's like five or six um, Union Station slash Skywalk security guys sitting there in their little uh, jackets with radios. And uh, so we knew, we knew, all right, well, going down is probably not an option because there's six guys down there waiting for us. Let's go back up and head out and try and escape. Well, there's fucking six or seven guys up uh, above us too. So they, they, they cornered us. There was nowhere to go. We got down to the very bottom um, and the same thing, you know, they grab us and they bring us into a hallway and then they bring us into an office and, you know, can we get your identification? Who are you? Da, 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 da. We've got nothing on us. You know, same deal. They were going to call the cops. But, um, you know, basically, I guess we didn't do enough for them to actually call the cops, but they threatened to. And they were like, yeah, fuck it. You guys are, you, you guys got to get out of here. You're going to go outside and you're never going to come back. We've got cameras. You're now banned from the Skywalk for life, which means basically if you're ever going to go to a Jays game or Union Station, or sorry, the Steam Whistle Brewery or um, the CN Tower, you couldn't go through the big part of Union Station. You had to walk all the way outside and walk all the way around. So if it was raining or snowing or just shitty weather outside, you wouldn't be protected. And, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but it was just another fucking notch in our belt. So we got banned from the Skywalk Union Station, and that was that. We got fucking scored outside. We had to take the long way home. So there you have it. In a matter of maybe five hours, um, we got picked up, started drink day drinking, went, downstairs, uh, went downtown, uh, got kicked out of a brewery, almost got arrested at the CN Tower, Tone almost ended up on a goddamn psych ward because, you know, they thought he was suicidal. And then we got kicked out of uh, a fucking union station slash skywalk station slash whatever it was. But there it is. Three places, banned from all three of them, five hours, uh, one afternoon. That's got to be a fucking record. I don't think anyone can top that. So there you go, kiddies. Another episode down. That was number 48, right? So, um, you know, it's a story that I'm definitely not proud of, um, but it's out there and you, you guys have it now and it is what it is. So remember everybody, um, this is also the last week, um, for at least a foreseeable, foreseeable future where, um, you will hear my soothing, sexy voice twice a week. So, um, like I said, I'm taking a break. I'm going on once a week for a while. So this will be the last week with two episodes. So until Thursday, my loyal listeners, Please stay safe. Um, Enjoy the rest of the week. I will talk to you on Thursday. Stay hydrated. And until then, bye for now.